0: approach um, while taking some of the instructions of the Desert Fathers with it Um, because the vow of celibacy is the same as the vow of chastity really Um, and one of the synonyms of celibacy is chasteness or um, purity so the vow of chastity or if we talk about chastity is got a strong relationship with the other vows because um, the the other monastic vows because the the poverty of the body is what chastity is because it's something that a person could have um, but voluntarily is not um, so it is a type of poverty um, and it is a form of obedience in terms of bringing the body under subjection um, or fighting the will to have it so in order for us to understand it, it's important for us to take the context of Um, general spiritual lives, which goes back to Genesis and our creation. So, God is pure and He exists in and of Himself. He's above material, um, but He created us in His image and likeness. So, if He is perfect and pure and holy, we were called to also be like Him, perfect and pure and holy. Um, Which He commanded us um, to do even in the New Testament when Christ, our Lord, told us, be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Um, so we are in his image and likeness, and we're created to be both like him and in his image, as well as to be in relationship with him. So the whole context of our spiritual life was always to be in relationship with God. Um, now, God in his substance is unmixed, um, but at the same time, he created sexuality. Um, which is why he makes it clear he says male and female he made them Um, and if God was not in agreement with sexuality he wouldn't have made that he could have said that it was sufficient for man to be in the presence of God and nothing more um, and trained Adam to not be lonely but instead he said no it is good um, that man have woman Um, and the commandment to be fruitful and multiply came before the fall um, which means that that There's nothing unholy about um, sexuality. So the, the natural way actually is to be sexual, and we're going to come back to that, because if it's the natural way, then what we're doing is, is supernatural. Now, the issue began when we sinned, which was the opening of knowledge, and that once we, because we're trying to tie this all back to purity, once we knew things, the first response of man was to cover himself. Um, and perhaps if we meditate on this, we can understand that knowledge uh, of sin leads to sinful behavior, because now the mind has been opened to a possibility, the entrance or the knowledge of sin. And that's why we, we pray that God remove from us the remembrance of sin entailing death, um, or the the knowledge of sin because it leads to behavior. So <clears throat> we felt like it was better to cover things up so that it's not always, our knowledge isn't concentrated on it. So like the first thing I didn't know was cover up because they were aware of this, of this thing. Um, <clears throat> so it was, they did not pretend that it did not exist, um, but rather they took their focus away from exposure. So, which is one of the things we're going to talk about in terms of how we attain purity is, is to cover our eyes, to, to try and simulate an ignorance as much as possible. Um, and this is also why we're going to have to talk about the senses. Because it's through the senses that we are able to acquire knowledge. Um, so as we said, sexuality was created. So, But virginity and chastity are supernatural. Um, it is. It is not the normal means. It is something to rise above the natural way of the body that is even blessed by God. So if it is supernatural, then... We need a supernatural grace to be able to achieve it or to perfect it. It's not something that can come by human effort um, alone. One of the um, anonymous um, commentators on the Gospel of Matthew, which is a really, really wonderful work, um, he wrote um, one section about the eunuchs who were made eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. Um, he wrote this, he has spoken about fasting, almsgiving, and certain other spiritual works. Yet we have heard nothing so far about the likeness of the angels. But in speaking of intercourse between men and women, he says, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Why? The work of reproduction is characteristically a fleshly act that we share in common with animals. Just as all carnal powers have affinity with the animals, so also do all spiritual powers have affinity with the angels because it is our spirit that's in the image and likeness of God, um, not the, the body and the soul. This is preeminently so for chastity, and especially angelic practice. For through this characteristic alone, the chaste are distinctively like the angels, and their nature is overcome with virtues. The emphasis here is that it is contrary to our, nat- our, our nature, our natural nature. For the same reason he says, neither do they marry nor are they given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. Um, or from the Desert Fathers, um, one of the Fathers said, "It is written concerning Solomon that he loved women, but every male loves females, and we must restrain and draw onwards our nature by main force to purity." So he's saying, "Yes, your natural, your your nature is going to have a propensity towards um, sexual attraction, but we are defying that nature when we try to force the purity." But what happened when we lost chastity? Um, the loss of chastity, or the loss of this purity, was the loss of innocence, um, and what that did is it required us to interpret the world um, in a different way. Um, when I was thinking about this, to me, is more like an, like an image of water. If there's if there's a cup of water that's pure, you can see right through it, and you can see the real image. Whatever you're looking through is the actual thing that you're seeing. But once you've introduced something into it that is not supposed to be there you've tainted this image and you no longer things, suddenly your reality is distorted Um, and so if you're looking through this glass, what might have appeared in in one way is appearing in a different way and so we lose the innocence we lose the purity Um, and this is why loss of purity is an an issue, because if our image and likeness is that of God then the more that we are putting in impurities, um, the harder it is to see the real image of God that is within us, which is why the Fathers, especially St. Anthony, said, if you know yourself, you know God. The impurity put a barrier in us to the real side of God and suddenly look at God with a different filter as well as the world. So wrong vision can lead to wrong conclusions. If we're looking at something in the wrong way that looks real to us, but it's, it's still distorted, um, it will lead to wrong decisions. Um, and although there are substances... Also, sorry, there are substances that cannot mix with the wrong kind of, su- of substance. So like oil and water, we understand, can't, can't mix, right? You can try and create an emulsion, but the two properties don't mix. And the same is true of sinfulness and holiness. There's, there is no way of mixing these two natures because they contradict one another. So this is why we need to protect our minds and bodies from knowledge, or the wrong kind of knowledge, or the wrong time for knowledge. Um, because if we put in a knowledge out of season, it could still be a dangerous knowledge, um, or a knowledge that is not in line with the image and likeness of God, then it is a harmful knowledge. But our Lord does want us to be chaste. Um, and we can see this throughout the Bible, um, this emphasis on, on keeping ourselves chaste, even before the law. So for example, Noah, when he was exposed in his nakedness, um, we see a dramatic story. Like Ham simply for looking at his father um, gets a severe punishment. And his brothers know right away that the right thing to do is to walk with their backs to him, cover him up and leave. So there's an instilled sense of there are certain things that are best not to look at that are best to keep our minds away from and to respect. Um, Or Joseph, the righteous. Like Joseph, when he went to Egypt, there's no written law him yet. There was nothing that said, you must be pure, you must be chaste. But he knew and he said, how could I sin before my God and do this thing with you? Even though there was, there was nothing, there was no written record saying that God doesn't like this, which shows that the innate understanding of spirituality showed that chasteness was the desire of God. Um, and we even see Boaz, for example, with Ruth. Out of respect, he does not do anything that would defile her or take away um, her chastity. Um and then God really emphasizes this desire of his for us to be like him with the purity laws um where he really extravagantly shows um that it is absolutely necessary that we retain purity and He goes into great length in teaching because he was above the knowledge of the people, but he still went through things for them, and then on top of it, he was born of a virgin um I mean there's theological reasons for that as well, but there are also meditative reasons. For us to understand like, the beauty and the perfection of what it means to be totally pure. And then there's this emphasis on virginity by all cultures. Like Until recently, almost every culture in the world valued that a woman and a man keep their chastity until marriage. So everybody seemed to have this understanding um, of virginity. But I think that if we want to understand um, chastity, we have to understand it in the context of our relationship with, with God. Um, And as such, it's synonymous with the life of prayer. Because if prayer is supposed to be our our, our active, living relationship with God, our chastity is is part of that. Um, So in the context of relationship, chastity is a sign of love because you want to preserve something only for your lover. Um, It is not simply an exercise of self-control. Like We're not pursuing chastity just because it's good to control one's body. We're, we're, we want to preserve it out of our love for God, that there's something that we see as belonging only to Him, which is why even in the context of marriage, Christ is in its midst. He's not separate from it. Whereas for us, it is, it is unique, singularly only for, for God. Um, so it is a sign of pure and total devotion and affection. It, it is actually a romantic thing. Um, It is not a dry, mechanical thing. It's a very romantic thought to think that I have an intimacy with my God that I want to share with nobody other than him and him alone. Um, And that's why the Lord speaks about things in the Old Testament, his relationship with the people, even though he didn't have a sexual relationship with the people. um, But he talks about them as having um, gone a-whoring, right? He always uses the, the, the image and type of prostitution and whoring when they are unfaithful. And that's also why he uses the word jealousy um, in the Old English to say that he is he is guarding and protective of something that was supposed to be only his, that they have taken and given to somebody else. Um, and so this even more confirms this this image of a romance which we see, particularly in the Song of Songs, um, where he just very clearly puts the whole thing together um, as it. And we can also understand that it's not purely sexual because even... In the Song of Songs, um, there's a weird aspect to this romance, weird about on a human level, um, because the lover says to the man, draw me and we will run after you, even though there's no no lover that would want other people going with them towards um, their spouse. But it's because it's a unique kind of, of love that is can fill the hole completely and overfill to fill all the other holes. Um, So even if we take a lesson from the youth we serve, um, when they get upset, if their boyfriend or girlfriend gives other people attention, um, this is the same thing we should feel towards um, our God. And we need to recover that mentality, um, that there is a deeper meaning to our chastity or our celibacy than mere physical um, purity. Because chastity, when lost, makes a person cold. Um, And it makes spiritual death easier. Um, Because everything suddenly loses its meaning. You were holding it before because it was for somebody. But once you've compromised it, it's not, it's tainted. It no longer has the same value. And that's when people start to ask, well, what's the point? You start to have doubts in your relationship. um, And then you look for something new to love. So as we said, chastity is not just sexual. It is anything that presents an impurity in ourselves or an obstacle to living perfectly the law of love. Um, like when we say that someone's love for something isn't pure, someone who doesn't love something for the sake of the thing itself, right? Like those people are like, like even like athletes have this mentality, it's like, you no, know, no, he just does this for fun, but this person does it for the love of the game. Um, like the person who's got this, what we consider this pure love of sport. Um, we're supposed to have that mentality in our spiritual lives, Um, because if we want to attain grace, then we must live in relationship with Him. The purity is in this relationship that we exclude outside factors. Um, This is the object of our purity, is that we're trying to have nothing in our relationship with God external. Like, everything that we do must be in the context of our relationship and love for God, um, and this is what we mean when we say this singleness of heart may take root in us when we say in the, in the litanies in the liturgy is we're saying you know let my have my, the only thing in my heart is to be in union with you anything else even what appears to be a good act that has nothing to do with my unity with you is an adultery um, that is why God said that if you even have the thought in your heart it's now a sin it's not just the act anymore because we're called to look at this higher level of relationship and unity with God. Um, and that's why any passion in us is making us unchaste. Um, uh, Abba Piman said this. He said, the passions make thorns to grow and burst into flower. Anything that's entered in is going to be something that totally destroys the garden. Um, if it's not bridled and removed. So our fathers and our mothers are so protective of their chastity, of their eyes, Um, but we also need to understand that if we desensitize ourselves, anything becomes acceptable. Um, If we are loose with our eyes, or our tongue, or our mouth, or where we go, or how we speak, um, or how we lead our lives, it becomes very easy to find the whole self unbridled um, and self-control leaves. So now we can go into maybe a more, um, I don't want to say patristic, but more of the the Desert Fathers' understanding of this um, and where it comes from and maybe how to acquire it and how to deal with it. Um, So the source of desire or of lust, um, this is from St. Anthony um, in his letters that we read together. The body is brought under the authority of the mind being taught by the spirit. As St. Paul says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection for the mind sanctifies it from food from drink and from sleep and in a word from all its motions and so through its own purity it frees the body even from the natural union of seed i believe and this is the the sources right here that there are three types of movements in the body there is that which is implanted in the body by nature compacted with it in its first creation but this is not operative unless the soul consents otherwise it remains still so this is the unity of the the spirit or the soul, with the body that there's a natural movement, the natural instinct of the flesh, that is only going to be able to work if we allow it. There's another movement when a man stuffs his body with food and drink, and the heat of the blood from excessive eating stirs up warfare in the body because of gluttony. For this reason, the apostle says, "Do not be drunk with wine, where is dissipation." And again, the Lord commands the disciples, "Take heed yourselves, lest your heart be weighed down with cruising, drunkenness, and pleasures." especially since those who seek the measure of sanctity should be saying, I discipline my body and bring it to subjection. So the second type is what comes from our looseness or our negligence, um, or our overindulgence, our inability to say no to ourselves and to keep things moderate. And the third movement, which comes from the evil spirits that tempt us out of envy and seek to defile those who attempt to sanctify themselves. So number one is the natural physiology of the body that we might have to deal with. The second is our neglect and the third is external warfare. So all three of these are possibilities of of where it comes. And particularly of negligence, I like this saying also from the Desert Fathers, against the thought of fornication, another old man said, such things will happen unto you through negligence. For if it be certain to us that God dwells in us, we could never become a habitation for others. This is that sense of, of purity again, that we would feel that if God is in us, we couldn't put anything else other than him in us. And we can never give our souls over to become vessels for the service of anything alien. For our Lord who dwells in us and is found in us is able to watch over our lives, and it is not right for us to neglect or to hold lightly him for whose sake we have put him on and whom we see. But let us make ourselves pure even as he is pure. Um, and concerning the first type, which is the natural, this is a difficult warfare. Um, And the fathers um, acknowledge this very much. Um, And St. Paul himself says, The good that I wish to do, I cannot do. Um, And the evil that I wish not to do, I do. Who can save me from this body of sin? Um, And he talks of the lower base will. Um, And in the exegesis on this, um, Augustine, and I figured he'd be credible with this one because he let himself go for 30 years, um, writes about this particular aspect of St. Paul and says, In this life it cannot happen to anyone that a law warring against the law of the mind should be entirely absent from his members. You, see, you cannot be free from this natural impulse. It's, gonna, it's going to be there. Because that law would still be waging war, even if man's spirit were offering it such resistance as not to fall into line with it. You see, no matter what you do, you're not actually going to make the body stop having some of these things. Um, And then he says in another section on the same passage, um, he says, Paul sees another law in his members fighting against the law of his mind. He sees it, it is there, not remembers that it was there. So he's trying to emphasize this isn't past tense. Paul is writing this and he's still fighting it. Um, He is pressed by what is present, not recalling what is past. And he not only sees this law warring against him, but even taking him captive to the law of sin, which is, not was, is in his members. Um, So we have to be aware of that, because in acquiring chastity, we must understand that we cannot purify ourselves. It is impossible. There is nobody who can purify himself. All we can do is work our hardest not to sully ourselves or, or dirty ourselves further, and to prevent the things that could make us fall deeper. But to be freed from the passion itself um, is a grace, so we cannot, without divine aid, perform a thing that is supernatural because we said that if if the natural way of man is to be a sexual being, that is the natural thing we're not none of us are asexual um, so if the natural thing is to be sexual, then what we are looking for, toward is something supernatural, which means we need a supernatural grace, consequently, I think the vow of chastity is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. immediately fulfilled in the profession of vows, because nobody can vow to be something that they can only attain by grace. Um, but I think that it is more of a vow of commitment to fight the self, to fight for the purity of chastity, the, for the pursuit of chastity, um, especially because we said chastity goes beyond physicality. Um, we are basically pledging ourselves to a life of continual struggle for purity. Um, So I'm just saying that we can't vow to be in a state that God can only give us by grace. So I can't vow that I am going to, as of tomorrow, be totally pure. I can vow to pursue with all of my being, to be holy, to refrain from anything, to not get married, to do all of those things, but I cannot vow that I will no longer have impure thoughts. Um, I I cannot vow that I will never fall, right? And that's why we see so many stories of falls in the monastic lives, particularly. Um, but it is a pledge of what we wish to be and that we also trust of God's grace. Because before we venture, we do need to understand that it's a struggle. Um, Amma Sarah, who uh, we remembered, um, she struggled for 14 years in total isolation for chastity and purity. One one account says 7, another account says 14. Um, and so she counseled many monks actually on this. Um, and, and her sayings, she has many, are, are beautiful on the subject. Um, St. Mary of Egypt. Our um, Senexarian doesn't have the whole life, but if you read the whole life, um, the one uh, that, Elder, that Abu Zasimah wrote, um, he talks about how even after she entered uh, left for the desert, it's not like suddenly her warfare was done because she saw St. Mary um, and, and had such a divine encounter with, with God. No, she actually struggled for a very, very long time, still with it, um, and and that's why she took such severe and austere measures um, in seeing people. Mm. Eighteen years. Eighteen. It's um been years. And we see countless stories in the paradise. We're gonna end up going through some of them of all these people who struggled and struggled. Saying, well, it was just the black the same thing? Um, we'll read the the famous encounter later on with the when he'd go at night. Um, so we need to understand as we're, as we're working towards chastity, it is going to take a long time. Um, so we have to be patient. Um, one of the fathers, it's saying to the fathers, um, says, A certain monk was engaged on one occasion in a war against fornication, and he had in his heart, as it were, a burning fire day and night. Um, but he bore this agony and did not bring low his mind. And after a long time, the war passed away from him. But he was unable to vanquish it in any way except by patient endurance and straightway light rose on his mind. Um, so like again, he, he fought himself to not give in, but he was not able to remove this this warfare from within him um, until God took it away. So in order to do well in this struggle, we need to keep our house clean, um, which means that we do need to discipline the whole body, mind, and senses. A certain elder said, The devil is an enemy and your mind is a house. The enemy ceases not to throw into your house every kind of filth that he can find and to pour into it a world of sordidness. It is your part to be diligent in casting out of your habitation what he throws in. This, if you neglect to do, your house will soon be filled with sordid things and even you yourself will strive in vain to enter into it. Therefore, from the very first, cast out bit by bit everything that he puts in then will your house remain clean for you by the grace of God. So if we allow the senses to simply swallow anything that comes in, if we interact with every thought that we have and allow it to take root, then what Elder Piemann said above about the, the the seed bursting to flowers and taking over, suddenly your field is covered, like there's nothing you can do. Um, well, you can, It just its a lot more work to do and it takes a lot longer. So the key is to discipline from the beginning. So if we have thoughts of impurity of any kind, whether it's sin or or sexuality or anything what it is, we're told to not be afraid that we had that thought or to be downcast that we had this thought. One of the old men said concerning lustful thoughts which come into the heart of man and which are not carried into effect, that they are like unto a man who sees a vineyard and who desires to eat the grapes thereof, um, but is afraid to go in lest he be caught and suffer death. So he's saying, so this person saw this field, wanted to take from it, and the only reason he refrained was because he was worried about the consequence. Um, and so he's like, if this guy is caught, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, there's nothing that he did in this, at this point of his, like, warfare that will cause him to be, to perish. Um, it's only if he goes in um, and takes it that he's going to be beaten um, and imprisoned. So the same thing, if we get the thought we're not to worry, but we ought not to indulge it further. Um, the second thing is that we must expose ourselves to an Allah. Hiding sin is the source of death. Um, another brother also was engaged in a war against fornication. And he rose up by night and came to one of the old men and told him his mind. And the old man persuaded him to endure and he was helped and went back to his cell. And again he came unto the old man and again he helped him and the brother went back to his cell. And the war came upon him the third time, and again he went back by night to the old man, and the old man did not cause him pain, but spake with him for his benefit, and said unto him, Give it no opportunity, but come here whenever the devil vexes you, and you will expose him, and when he has been exposed, he will take to flight. For nothing vexes the devil of fornication so much as that a man should hide his thoughts and not reveal them. Now that brother came to the old man eleven times and made accusations against his thoughts, for he wished to be helped, and when the old man spake unto him that the devil took to flight. But when he came back to his cell, the war came upon him. At length the brother said to the old man, Do an act of grace, Father, and tell me a word whereby I might live. The old man said to him, Be of good courage, my son, and if God permits my thought, it shall come to you, and you will no longer bear it, but you will depart being innocent. He said this, and God did away with the war of that brother. So in the story there's multiple levels. One is there should be no shame in revealing ourselves. Um, there needs to be an honest revelation of the thoughts of the heart, because the the entryways of the soul to the devil are our wounds. Um, when and I attended a talk once by from a Roman Catholic exorcist, um, and that was one of the things that he also said that really struck a chord with me. Um, he said that in almost all the cases that he's seen here in America, um, the devil always is working through wounds, and he particularly emphasized unconfessed sins. Sins that people are scared to say because they are embarrassed about it or because they want to continue to do it. And so these become gapping holes through which the devil can work. But when we expose it, then we retain, we acquire the right knowledge because we're seeing what the works of the devil are. And the, the spiritual father as an outsider is able to intercede for the person. So there's multiple levels of, of grace in this relationship. There's no... Grace without discipleship. Self-guidance is, is going to be our ruin. Um, because through this all prayer for his disciple, the disciple was eventually freed from his warfare. So we must expose the thoughts so that we don't become either complacent or depressed or despair um, or negligent. Any extreme is possible when we hide our sins. And another brother was engaged in a war against fornication and he bore it with very great self-restraint for 14 years as he guarded his mind against being subservient to lust. And at length, he came to the church and made known the matter unto all the people. So again, this is another example that somebody's struggling for a long time and then came to the church and confessed to everybody, not just to his elder. Um, and when they heard it, they were pained um, for a whole week. They prayed to God for a whole week on his behalf and afterwards he did away that with the war that was in him, and keep in mind we're talking about people who are devoted to a very deep ascetic life like we're we're not like we're not in the same way as these people were, and even in their level of discipline, it took fourteen years here, eighteen years with Amma Sarah, um thirty eight with others like it's it's we need to be patient, but what we can do is work on our discipline so um This is what St. Paul says, the verse we talked about earlier in Romans. So, I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of the Lord, of God, in my inmost self. But I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin which dwells in my members. So, Origen talks about this and discusses it and says, the law of nature is introduced as being in agreement with the law of God. So, the original way of the body actually was in walking as God wanted. For if we assent to the law of God according to our will, the evil which we do is no longer ours. Rather, it is sin which is at work within us, the law and will of the flesh, which makes us captive, the law of sin which is in our members. We're giving loose the body to, to do it. The kind of person Paul is talking about here is not one in whom Christ does not dwell and who is a stranger to good works but rather someone who has started on the path of wanting to do what is right, but has not yet been able to achieve his desires. This kind of weakness exists in those who have accepted the first stages of conversion, but although they want to do everything which is good, this desire has not yet prevailed. For instance, someone might decide in himself that it is wrong to get angry and determine not to do it, But since by long custom and daily habit the vice of anger has controlled him, it resists his will and breaks out in the usual way. So this is a very important concept. This is the battle of the will. Is that we have had this base will that's working in us, that was at law with the higher level for a long time, and we have um, conditioned it um, to behave in a certain way. So we always, if we, for example, always just say whatever is on our tongue, We might decide that we want to stop doing that, but it's going to be hard at first because we have made a custom of speaking whenever we feel like it. So we have to, if we want to discipline the will, this comes by making habits, um, which means el-tizam, consistency. Um, If we are not consistent in something, it will not uproot the old habit, even if we desire to stop. We have to be consistent. There's a great deal of difference This is from Metropolitan Anthony Bloom. Between attachments and love, between hunger and greed, between alive interest and curiosity and so forth, every one of our natural propensities has got a counterpart which is marked by evil and which is one of the ways in which we get enslaved. To begin with, say no. If you haven't said no in time, you are in for a fight. But then be ruthless about it, because reason and detachment are more precious, ...than what you get as a slave in terms of enjoyment. We have to battle the will. That's why he's like, don't give room for your will to waver. Say no immediately. Um, say no, and then understand the right way to use whatever it is you're battling with. Because nothing is evil in and of itself in, in the new covenant. All things are lawful. But not all things are expedient. And so what Anthony Bloom is saying is, is find the proper use of something there's a difference between attachment and love between greed um, and and um, and hunger um, between just being interested in something and just having a uh, an addiction to curiosity there's an extreme of every single thing that could be evil um, this is why Abba Joseph said about cutting the will to Abba Shishoy Sorry, Abba Shishoy said to Abba Joseph how many times is it right for a man to cut off his passions the old man said to him do you wish to learn where you must cut them off? And Joseph said, Yes. Abba Shishoy said to him, Whenever passion comes, cut it off immediately. Because if you, do, if you let the will, dialogue is done. So practical ways for breaking the will is a spiritual rule that we honor. Um, the spiritual rule is not is there to help us to pray. It's there to help us with a whole bunch of things. But it is also a good way to learn humility because we are subjecting ourselves to something else. Because some people think, oh well, if I don't feel it when I pray, if I don't feel the good of when I'm doing this thing, or it's just too much control, um, there's a different benefit you're getting in terms of breaking your will, is that you're training yourself to say, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. Um, because if we cannot, as Christ said, be faithful to little, you won't be faithful with much. If I can't hold to a small rule, I can't assume that I'm going to be able to keep uh, myself pure in anything. Um, the other way to break the will is accountability to a spiritual father. Um, this is why in the monastic life it was essential that every every disciple be paired with an abba. There is no such thing as monasticism without discipleship, because the the opening of the heart um, is a way of breaking the will of humility, um, so that we can grow. The next thing is vigilance and discipline of the thoughts. This is the most important aspect of purity because everything begins with a thought. Um, if, if we are able to cut the thought at the root, we can have success. But if we do not have control over the mind, then the will will lose its ability. Because thoughts lead to actions. Um, one of the elders says, you strive to commit no evil deed. I beseech you, strive at the same time to think no evil thought. Because it's the thought that produces the act. So, Abba Amun was told that Abba Piman, um, in, resp- in response to him talking about his unclean thoughts that he was getting um, and lust, Abba Piman said to him, peradventure, shall an axe boast itself without him that he with, with Um Which is Old English for it. <laughs> um, if you have the axe, if, can the axe boast in and of itself? It can't. There has to be the person who's holding... The axe. Do not, do not henceforward aid these thoughts, and they'll come to an end. Take the axe that you have, and, and uproot it. Okay, these things have no power. So basically, the devil is showing you an axe. This is the, his tool that he's using, but it's just an axe. If you take it and use it for his bidding, then you have given yourself to him. Um, but instead, use the axe for the opposite. Use an axe to cut the devil and the thoughts that that come with it. Um, Abba Moses says in um, conferences. It is impossible for the mind not to be approached by thoughts. It is impossible not to have thoughts. But it is in the power of every earnest man either to admit them or reject them. Their rising does not depend upon ourselves, like them coming up, but their admissions or rejections is in our own power. The movement of the mind may well be illustrated by the comparison of a mill wheel. The headlong rush of water whirls it round and it can never stop its work so long as it is driven by the water. Yet it is in the power of the man who directs it decide whether he will have wheat or barley or darnel ground by it. For it must certainly crush that which the man in charge of it puts him in. So the mind is driven by the torrents of temptation, temptation, which pour in on it from every side, and cannot be free from the flow of thoughts. But the character of the thoughts we control by the effort of our own earnestness. We have to take control of our thoughts and regain that. Second is that if you get the thought, don't act on it. Um, Abba Isaiah asked Abba Piman as well, about evil thoughts that were troubling him. And Abu Piman said, Just as clothes which are put away for a long time in some trunk and not taken out at all, molder and decay, so the evil thoughts of our hearts if we do not put them into action after a long time will fade away. So even if you're not able to redirect the thoughts, just don't act on them. Even that, if you are patiently enduring over a long time, will also result in victory. Um, But rather than just being on the negative is it's, not, it's one thing to say, oh, just fight the thoughts, but it's another thing to, to fill it with good things, and as we said, um, with with prayer. Um, as certain elders said, if we have no evil thoughts, we are no better than the beasts. The enemy does what is in his power when he suggests them to us. Let us also do the duty which lies in our power. Be instant in prayer, and the enemy will flee. Find time for meditation on divine things, and you will conquer. Persevere, and the good in you will win. Strive hard and you will be crowned. Because we always make it sound like a very negative war. But it's another thing to put good things in and to delight in them. Um, because there's another thing the father is, uh, when somebody is complaining about thoughts, he goes, because you stuffed it with bad stuff. He was like, just put good in. And the more you put the good in, the less room there will be for the bad. Um, which is why St. Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Um, not about what you can't do or you wish you could do and cannot do. Fill it with the positive. Um, and so this is not just prayer, but also our Bibles. When the old men used to say, the prophets compiled the scriptures and the fathers have copied them and the men who come after them learn to repeat them by heart. Then hath come this generation as children and have placed them in cupboards as useless things. So he's saying, like, we have the, the, the writings of the fathers, we have the Bible, and we just chuck them aside like they have no value. But if we take them and let them take root in us and let the Bible become alive in us, we will have victory. Which is why a good work for us would be to memorize prayers and to memorize scriptures so that we can always have something going in. And if we don't, the Jesus prayer... Um, is obviously a wonderful aid, or the the arrow prayers that we talk about a lot. Um, and that's the importance of thoughts. Um, there's a saying that I liked, because I I didn't really used to understand some of these things when I was younger, um, when they say that Abba, Abba Hor of the cells dwelt for 20 years in the church, and that he never once lifted his eyes and saw the roof thereof. And so when I was young, I was like, what's wrong with the roof? Um, that you're not allowed to see it. Um, but it's because sometimes we, th- we think that holiness was in the ascetic act, but it's not. Um, it's in the act of love and the aim of it. Um, the not looking was for him that analogy of wanting to keep the water clean. Because his looking was going to bring him knowledge. Um, and his looking was going to bring him the opportunity um, to think something or for the senses to accept something that could take root. So that was the reason for his um, not looking. And so in the same way, we have to discipline all of, all of our senses and, and not have the opportunity, um, which is hard. And especially for us, because we serve, we have to be very aware of this. I know, for example, when the Canadians came last summer for their, um, their week-long thing, when Abun Athanasius came, one of the activities was to go to Newport Beach, and it was the surfing open. Um, so I don't usually have a problem going to the beach, but that day there was thousands of people and it was, it it was, it was very bad. (laughs) Like the image was something as like, this is going to implant, like for sure. There's no way being honest with myself that I can sit here while they're there. So I left and I just said, I'm going to go to the cafe and I'm going to do my work. When you guys are done, message me and I'll rejoin you. We have to find how in our own times, maybe for us, it's not the ceiling anymore, um, (laughs) Because we have other things that we have to look at. But we have to find anything that is an offense to the eye, we must remove. An offense to the senses, um, we need to cut off. This is a very physical culture now. Like everything is very touchy. Um, And so we have to be very aware of our opportunities for where it can enter. Where we go. Like like the senses of, of, of movement. Um eating too much, as they said earlier, of doing anything that can can affect us. And at the same time, with the discipline, there needs to be perpetual prayer and meditation. Um, a brother asked an old man, saying, What shall I do? For my thoughts are fixed always upon fornication, and they will not give me peace even for a moment, and my soul is greatly troubled. And the old man answered and said to him, When these thoughts spring up in you, don't dialogue with them, because it belongs to them to come up with continual anxiety. He said, it's going to keep on happening. Uh, but don't be sluggish. They have no power to force you, but it's up to you whether to accept them or not. Um, have you not seen what what the Midianites did, how they adorned their woman and set them up, but they forced no man to take them? Those who wished to do so fell in them, and those who did not became wroth and made a slaughter in their wrath. So he's talking about the Old Testament stories when they dressed the Midianites up, and there are people who went after them lusting, and then there are people who in their zeal killed them. So he's saying, it's up to you which direction you want to take. But then he says, Even so it is with thoughts. Then that brother said unto him, What do I do for I am weak? And the passion still overcomes me. Um, And the old man said to him, Consider your thoughts well, and when they begin to speak, answer them never a word. Just rise up and pray and meditate on holy words. And the brother said to him, Behold, Father, I do meditate on holy words. And the passion rises not in my heart, but I do not know the power of the words. Then the old man answered and said to him, you can only continue to meditate. Um, he's like, that's all you can do. Just keep meditating. Um, I heard Abba Piman, who seems to be the star of the show today, um, and many fathers say this word, the enchanter knows not the power of the words which he says, but when the animal hears them, it knows their power, and it becomes subservient and submits itself to him. Even so it is with us, for although we do not know the power of the words when we meditate, the devil knows their power as soon as they hear them. So even if when we're in a warfare, we are just saying words and we don't feel that the prayer is really taking root, that prayer still has an impact on our enemy because he is aware of it. Um, And it's the name of Christ that protects us, not our own might. This is why Jesus' prayer perpetually or Psalms perpetually or biblical meditations always are good. If we're driving to always have the Bible or a good word or something, like stuff that will feed us to make us have less um, dialogue. The next aid for us is modesty in all things, not craving excess, which goes hand in hand with the vow of poverty. Um, Because, um, I can't remember who wrote this one, Uh, perhaps it seems odd to find hatred listed among the virtues, but it is put here of necessity by the apostle. No, nobody doubts that the soul has feelings of hatred in it. However, it is praiseworthy to hate evil and to hate sin. For unless a person hates evil, he cannot love nor can retain virtues. For example, if someone intends to preserve chastity, he cannot keep it safe unless he hates and despises immodesty. Um, I think this was St. John Chrysostom. Um, but what he's saying is that, the reason I put this saying is that he couples purity or chastity with immodesty. Um... And a brother asked an old man, "When from where do temptations of fornications come that attack me?" And he said to him, "They come because you eat and drink largely and because you sleep until you are satisfied um, and so our indulgence and I think the reason why is because this is unbridled right like the discipline of the will is what we need in, in attaining chastity so if we give the body absolutely every single thing it wants not just what it needs how will we ever be able to say no in fact it's not even just the food that comes with it um, in the conferences it also says as a person progresses in mildness and patience of heart so also does he in the purity of the body and the further he is driven away the passion of anger the more tightly he hold on to chastity so the reverse is true. A person who is is not easily pure is usually a person who is also angry um, or very quick to rise up in anger because again, he does not have the ability to say no um, to himself. And so what we need to do is be modest and moderate um, in all things. Not to eat more than we require and not to eat less than we require, but in all things to find the measure of balance and discernment because if we give in to every, every lust that we have we will not be able to say any we will not be able to, to put up a challenge um, and this will lead us to humility because a brother asked Allah about fornication he said cast your feebleness before God and you shall find relief um, some of the aids that we have to the fight um, acts of love save us from these things. Um, which is where it ties in actually to the vow of, of service. Um, because St. Seraphim of talks about how any act done for the love of Christ um, instills and helps the Holy Spirit in us grow more. Um, because it was self-denial. It was for somebody else. And because of this, the Spirit grows. Um, and so if we do acts of love towards other people then we can find mercy with God, but we can also find that the spirit grows and that gives us a greater strength and gifts and fruits that make it a lot easier in the fight. So again, we don't have to always be negative. There's a very positive thing. Um, Because God said something to us very clearly that we read every single day, the pure in heart shall see God. Um, And the pure in heart is not just sexual. It is the person who has that white cup of water, the clear glass of water. Another aid that we have, thankfully, is that we live in community. Um, Living in community forces a certain level of self-control. Because even though you have privacy, um, you're still exposed to others. Your habits um, are a little bit in the air. It might not be to the same level of um, a completely open thing, but it still helps and it still forces one to self-reflect. Because if you see somebody in the magma that's different than yourself, it makes you look at yourself and, and meditate. Am I in the wrong? Or could I be more like him? Or this person has this virtue that I clearly lack. So living in community helps us to do this and gives each other strength. Um, it also has a negative positive because it forces a level of shyness or embarrassedness or like khayel, kusuf, but in a, in a healthy way. Um, because many monks that have gone wrong were the monks who were isolated um, from both their spiritual fathers and their communities. Um, and so the 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 community involvement keeps us safe, or at least safer. Um, it also gives comfort that when you fall, that there is a, a support group there that can offer love. Another aid to this fight is the service. Um, this is from the Desert Fathers, and I was surprised to find service in the in the Desert Fathers. Again, the thought of fornication. Another old man who dwelt in the desert. Against the thought of fornication, an old man who dwelt in the desert said. You wish to live while you are asleep. Go and labor. Go and work. Go, seek, and you will find. Awake and stand up. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For there are in the world athletes who are called pugilists, like boxers, um, who smite each other, and who are held to be worthy of the victory because they fight persistently and endure. These men do not withdraw defeated when they are wounded. For however many times one of them may be smitten by two others, and however many may be the blows which he will suffer from them, he continues to fight and conquers and is crowned. So we have to fight, but also go do work. So for us, this work is the service. Um, and within the context of a, a traditional monastery, it's the work of the the hand. Um, whereas for us, the service is a grace that helps us as well. So it can be a source of warfare, but it can also become the source of our purity. Um, as we said earlier, fill the mind with with good. Um, the last um, three points that are brief I'm sorry it took so long is again we, we must be aware of pride um, for each one of us who contends against the spirit of fornication it is a notable victory not to expect relief through our own efforts it is not our efforts that is not easy even for the experienced. for when purity, this is from the conferences of John Cassian um, when purity smiles on them ever so slightly the person who is gotten a taste of this grace, they immediately flatter themselves in the depths of their conscience by a pride that very subtly slips in. They think that they achieved this by their own diligent zeal. Thus, it is necessary for them to be deprived of heavenly protection and to be oppressed by these passions which the divine power had extinguished until they realize by experience that they are unable to attain the good of purity on their own." Um, So, we do need to recognize that a fall is sometimes a grace from God. He's sometimes exposing ourselves to ourselves. Um, We must trust in God's grace because He continues in the same conference. um, This is in the second conference of Abba uh, Kairamon. We are unable to acquire chastity through our efforts unless, while exerting ourselves constantly, we are taught in the school of experience that is granted to us by the bounty of grace. For this reason, one should persevere tirelessly in his efforts so that he will deserve to be freed from the assaults of the flesh thanks to divine grace. He must not believe that he will attain by himself the bodily chastity that he seeks. When someone has begun to rejoice over an extended period of purity, believing that he can no longer fall away from his virtue, he will start boasting within himself. When having been abandoned by the Lord for his own good, he realizes that the state of purity in which he places confidence is abandoning him. Let him return at once to the author of his integrity. One has to be trained by God through these oscillations until he confirmed by the grace of God and the purity that he is seeking. Um, and this is summarized in one line from the Desert Fathers. Have no confidence in yourself that this is so, the victory, the person who thought he had died to the world, until you go from the world. For although you say, I have died, Satan is not dead. So our chastity is a struggle that we must pursue to the best of our ability. Um, I think I'm not I'm not chaste yet, but I think the chaste man must be a real man of prayer. And the prayer that we can all say is, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me. And glory be to God.
1: society Where we are living, and the society where we are living, even in America or in different places in the world now, a small, sex uh, oriented society when we're having the sexual sins integrated in many things. And uh, the challenge for chastity or virginity is a great challenge, uh, which gives a good witness to the world when we live this life. Even more than the speech talks. Because the a model of a person is now struggling just to keep any life of virginity till marriage, which sometimes making like a joke uh, of somebody to think about this possibility. But to to live all the life and and a life of virginity that's give a message for the world. And uh, it shows the power of the grace of God, how it can work in people. And always this commandment, it is above the nature that you mentioned. And when St. Paul uh, spoke about the virginity of celibacy, he didn't say it for everyone. The same also the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, when he spoke the eunuchs. But, he put it in a way that is, it is a special grace for someone. At the same time, he respected and spoke about marriage as a great and holy thing, and as he has also a commandment for the married uh, people. So chastity or live of celibacy is not because rejecting the marriage as something holy, which, of course, that is uh, a wrong understanding the same also in fasting fasting is not because the the food is something unclean but because it is a gift from God too Uh, and how to live it in this society that is uh, the biggest challenge for uh, for us with all the, the challenges which we have but the important things that is we overcome this immorality, not by found a midway, a compromise. And when St. Paul wrote to the people of Corinth, Corinth at that time it was a center of sexual immorality. It was a part of worship. therefore the goddess of beauty, beauty or love, when there the fornication that's a part of the worship, because many wrists living and part of the worship. When he spoke to the people of Corinth, he spoke about the celibacy, because it is in letter to the Corinth, but when he spoke about fornication, he mentioned that this is a great gift that is given for every Christian, that is to be a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the, the holiness of the body, and he didn't put it as a way this is something coming from this bad body which we have. But it was in the opposite things. You, you, you don't defile your body because your body is the kingdom of the Holy Spirit. And this concept of looking to our body, it helps us to understand sometimes some stories which we asked and misunderstood, in and, the uh, Father's stories that is, we were fighting against the body. you are fighting against the lusts of, of the body. Because we are called to glorify our God in our body, in our spirit, in our soul. The second point is a chastity, as what I mentioned, is not the physical part of it only. Because it is mainly, yeah, when God created Eve. But it's not only for the sexual relationship, but it's mainly for the being alone, feel anonymous. and the need of partner to share life, which is a part of the marriage. The part of the marriage is Jackson seeking for a partner to share the journey of life with. And the sexual part is part of it, but it is not the main part. Of that's why they continue to live even uh, until death. It's not when you know, this you know, sexual desire becoming less, they need to be together. Because it has another important thing, which also it is important things in when you speak about chastity or virginity. It is not only that is I don't have sexual activities, but also I have no any emotional attachment with someone. So, in in chastity we we replace the need of the partner to share our journey of life by God. That's why he always owes this analogy of marriage and the relationship between the soul and God. And the one who commits himself for chastity he is living this image in reality. That is, that is my, uh, my, 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 uh, my soul, which has a bride. To the groom, my groom is the Lord Jesus Christ, and build this relationship, which keep any relationship with others. Really, within this relationship, I will not be over above it. That's why. To live in a community, not with family, even you know, parents, you know, because it is give, give to be detached from. Like when you get, a person get married, he go and live alone, not live with the family. So it's be detached from his, his family. But we do it in a different way, and and start to put the relationship even with the family. In a, in a context that is now my priority is my relationship was got in a more clear way. If I speak this about the family, but what about the people? Because sometimes the difference comes by, not by thought of fornication or sexual immorality, but come with the thought of emotional attachment to someone, especially, of course, other sex again, with, with a female. It could be a start as a taking care of this person or uh, like to talk to it, which lead to what the Father warned us, we a dalla, you feel comfort with this person. يعني, يعني you, you feel it's comfort with this person or even sometimes a group of, of people, which is gradually start to distract from the focus on God as the source of it. And it's appeared by talking. I mean, I mean, start the person. Of course, there is a difference between you talk to your father of confession, and you talk with somebody who you, you feel comfort with, especially if, if a female, and just start to open and talk. And, uh, and, uh, and this is Sometimes a talk is not sexual talks. You are not talking with her, express you, you admire her, she admire you. But just you feel that is you can open. And this is what a husband does with his wife. He <laughs> feels that his wife is the person who can open for it. But this is sometimes come as, as a way, of, of a tricky way, of the devil coming to the person who is very vigilant, regarding you know, his thoughts, his relationship and come through uh, through, through this way uh, and that's why uh, uh, you know, the person the importance of prayer because we see many things especially you know, in Israel in the community or especially if you go and serve and then you come to, to whom to open. Side of source of confession is a prayer, but if uh, and this is a help the person, yeah, and all the secrets inside it can be shared with God. And you imagine, uh, and you are after a long day, if you are a married person, what you would do at home? So it's the same. You you when enter yourself, this is God who share with him all what. You have uh, through, uh, through the day which help us to be away of any uh, any yani dangerous of any emotional attachment which can creeping in the life of the persons. and unfortunately, many monks yani, uh, when we even modern time yani fall it started by something like this it didn't never started as thinking of marriage, or loving someone, or have a relation for someone, but it started by you mm-hmm. feel comfort with someone and you feel attached to someone, and you have to be very careful uh, about it in the life. And the link between the poverty, as i want to mention, and chastity, and of course we hear about obedience, Because the dangerous things to lose purity is pride, arrogance. Even if you're very ascetic and you're very controlled. Because pride, arrogance means there is no grace of God to work. And as I wanna mention, this is something which we cannot do by ourselves. It is a grace of God. We just express our commitment and we try to do it. The victory, it comes from God. If it doesn't come from God, it will not. Uh, yeah. Whatever the level we are, yeah. and we have the story of this monk who went to his father of confession, repeatedly speaking about the bad thoughts coming to him. And then uh, his father of confession, he, he got uh, yeah, very frustrated that is, there was is no improvement. He told him, why are you here? Go and get married. Uh, the monk, of course, he be disappointed in his father's confession and he walking outside. Then another elder, old man, met him. And uh, where are you going? But so he told him that is what happened. But he, he, he said to him some words of encouragement. Well, Anna, I, with, with all these years here, I attack my thought like you this old man you know <laughs> the young. but then he prayed to God to let these thoughts coming to come to his father of confession <laughs> and it came to him and he couldn't stay in his cell and he opened his door went out not, not ready يعني, to go out يعني, he met this old man, so he, he told him that God permit this to happen to you, to be uh, merciful, patient, with, and not to let him to lose his hope uh, by this way. Uh, the same also in the story of Moses the Black, when he prevented, and, and he thought, of course, all the bad thoughts came to him, he thought that he would fight it by physical things, fasting, doing physical things, that's how he controlled his body, but he found that it's getting more and more, so he went to Amba Isisovus, so he told him, don't fight against the devil, you will not defeat the devil by these things, but go and put all your suffering in front of Christ and he will grant you The same also the story of Mary of Egypt, that's all these years were fighting. And then God granted him a, 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 a sets to a peaceful peace from this sphere. and He permitted this to come. And He also controls the devil, the devil has no control over us. But the problem is the other. we speak about three movements. And one was coming from the devil, and one was coming from our negligence, and one was coming by nature. But now we can control the number two uh, and depend on the grace of God for number three. Any question or addition? that Adam exists without Eve. Um, Some of the fathers mentioned that it was possible that they would have procreated without having sexual intercourse, or that sex could have possibly not been in the the plan, or whether it was a consequence of the fall or not. So, can you elaborate on that? What is it the orthodox? Yeah, we no. we yeah we don't know, but what we know is God created a male and a female, so definitely the, it's not as sex as sex you know, gender is very key. With a male and female is all the meaning of male and female. Number two, they don't have sexual desires. Number three, and God. Model. Listen and it's able to multiply. So it was a plan of that to multiply. And what is going to happen there? This is a, a big question, which no exact answer for it. But there are some facts. Some people elaborate on that and say that is, yes, it can yeah, they get can it to it a can uh, May Maybe, but uh, not uh, just uh, a yeah, I mean, I think the sexual relationship had the desire and it had the lust, mm-hmm. and, and I think the lust is coming from the four, and they, they they were like like children who have a boy and. This is what means by agents. It's going to be both things, and there is no fault. That's to have a kind of co creation with a desire without lusts. But definitely, God created Adam and Eve, and that's it. And the way He parents so if God in his plan must buy, to myself now instead of one Adam one million Adam then he would not create Eve from Adam, he would create Eve separately and and so on he can create, so that is the way which we evolve it if I use this expression of evolution that is we are and every one of us say, God created me. But He didn't create me directly. I'm not like Adam. But He created just one person. And He took from this person, make a two person. And then I put a plan for people who will come and so on. So, which means, in uh, His idea, not all the species are. Things because this is the plan of God to, to have this and let us to more understand the Noah Ark. Mm-hmm. The Noah Ark, which people could not imagine, how can God bring all this creature in the whole world and put it in an ark or whatever the size of. This is what happened. You know, the fall of, of Adam, and that is why still, you know, still the sexual relationship without in marriage is holy, because some people, some you know, people, as we say, that is the meaning of the from is the fall. Very simply, if this is the case, and this was a sin in the matter, how God lists the marriage and says that it is holy things? And it should be a sinful thing, whatever the relationship. Which means that there is different between. That's why the lusts, of the s- sexual masks are not accepted. That there is a chastity within the marriage. The, the one wife, commitment for the whole life. And these things is make people to abstain relationship from relationships, from praying and fasting. And this is good it's the chest it is marriage is not that now you can do anything uh, you, you are married. And also there is a long sexual relationship. Even with marriage, people and you have even the relationship sometimes. It is all kind of sexual relationship was different uh, which, which is uh, called a deviation yeah, if there is over sex between husband and wife it is a sin even the husband and wife because God has a plan for, for, for this relationship uh, and that's why we, we, we look to homosexuality and the meaning of sexuality mm-hmm. we know that this is a deviation. Normality. It's not the plan of God. Like the body. God, the body is the perfect. But people who are born with a defect in the body, we still this abnormality. And we don't say they're responsible for it. But still, it's not normal. So we know what is normal and what is abnormal in anatomy. It's also saying uh, I see the church somebody unique to himself it's the same because it was a desire it's not a must it's a, it was something God felt that in, the, in, the, uh, in the human body and blessed uh, it couldn't be somebody to make this against the desire of God to uh, the that's why we say we are not fighting against the body and you will not get it this desire by, by this you know. and that's why uh, uh, you know, the person who commits to chastity is uh, not because he is not able to, to marry and have a relationship you know, when somebody uh, you know, comes and to join a monastery or great brotherhood if he has a history of that he tried to get married and he failed This is not a reason for that. Our he went in a relationship and get shocked. And that's why he decided, I yani, uh, hate all girls. And I are people to push for a relationship. i to all the girls to school. kill because I'm girls. ايش دي مش بنساله انا انه ده, ده uh, فاسدين <صفيصة> <mock Interestingly> <bookaru> <defended> <أيضًا> عدم رجاله خوف عشان كده عايزة تروح تتراح بين او تبقى مكرسه او كده بتطلع ادفع مال لو راحت نفسيته مش 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 زامد فبيطلع الكلام ده على الاخر عشان كده بتصعد بتلاحظ مثلا ممكن يلاحظ مثلا اسلوبه عنيف وكده عنده مشكله او هيبه بيجي مثلا فسو mm-hmm. كوشن have to be these people they, they advise him this is not the way this that this will not help you and uh, uh, to, to, to work in this in, in this way you have to betray yourself and like, to love the other. Then you not successful in the world to live a life of purity. He may fall also even if he join a community or a monastery. You have to have a period when you try to live. When is not... ما بده لما تتابع ما بده هتمشي عادي فبيحصل إنه بيتعمه بك وسبلته بيمرل لأن هم متعود